Hello, 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 hello. This podcast episode is an extension of a conversation I had with Sally McCutcheon over on her YouTube channel where we talked about vulnerability at work and how it can help us come home to ourselves, how it can help us be empowered, productive, and authentic at work. And this is part two of that conversation. It was just so good that I asked Sally if I could put that over on... That's my cat. (laughs) It was so good that I asked Sally if I could share it on the podcast. And so in this conversation, we'll really dive into what vulnerability is. And I share a definition of vulnerability that I came up with in that moment and how really it's helping us heal, helping us be more true to ourselves, helping us feel more connected to others and more connected to ourselves. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. If you have anything to add, uh, reach out to me via email or my Instagram and I would love to know your thoughts on this conversation. Now, let's get to the conversation with Sally on vulnerability. Welcome to the Unlearn Yourself podcast. This is the place to discover and remember yourself as you unlearn who you have been taught to be. We will explore who your true self is by diving into your inner world and creating the most empowering, aligned, and free relationship with you and your life. We have just finished recording a a conversation about vulnerability. you asked me uh, okay well let me let me ask you how was it how was it for you what's what's your reflection yeah. on our conversation I before before we hit record again one of the things I know I was just sharing with you is that it's opened up a deeper layer of awareness within me is that like vulnerability really is a desire for deeper connection that's what we're really desiring is a deeper connection with ourselves and with another person Um, And when you look at it like that, it makes you realize like, wow, like we're all so terrified of connection, yet that is the thing that sustains us all and, 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 you know, makes us happy and makes us feel fulfilled in life is that ability to feel so deeply connected to another human being and to ourselves. Like that's such a core, core need and desire of every single human being on this planet is connection. So that's that's interesting because that's one thing that we didn't really touch on and maybe maybe we should have done is just actually what is vulnerability. And it and it I like I do think it's a bit of a buzzword, but like what what is it when it comes down to it? And I think for me, yeah, I can I can make that equation that you're making, which is actually it's about the deepest level of connection with yourself 
with a view to being able to then create those connections with others but but so then why do we what what's vulnerable about that why do like what is the de- <laughs> i'm going to have to look up the actual definition <laughs> of vulnerability now um because what 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 is vulnerability i i i personally just feel like to say that to say something is vulnerable is to say it's weak or it's to say that it's or scary scary but vulnerable it's fragile it's it's easily influenced or it's easily manipulated or it's easily like i just i kind of get this image of just like something that's like you can have power over that's kind of the context i feel like these these heard vulnerability through is like if i show them i if i show my vulnerable self to them they'll they'll think i'm a weak person or they'll think i'm you know fragile or i am they can subjugate me or they can have power over me or something and i don't think as human beings we want anyone to feel like that they can have power over us or that we have a weakness within us i think that's what the ultimate fear is they're going to know my weakness yeah, I've just googled it, and um, and definition of vulnerability is the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either physically yeah. or emotionally. Yes, yes. I mean yes. that in itself is a really kind of awful definition, and that, like, and so actually, why is there this idea that vulnerability is a good thing we need to change that narrative then we need to change the language because actually we're not talking about vulnerability we're talking about the exact opposite we're talking about connection and safety yes well i think about it this way i feel like if i'm if i were to be vulnerable and i were to share something with you right now that maybe i'm going through something right now and if I were to share that with you, I'm exp- I'm in, in a way I'm exposing myself to you, right? I'm sharing a real genuine part of myself. And how you perceive that is something I care about, right? And if by me sharing it, somehow then you reject me or you think I'm wrong or you think or I, that- Or I attack you or you- Yeah, or you attack me. What that does is that creates a sense of like, like that's where that vulnerable feeling is coming from. It's like, oh my God, what if I'm not accepted? What if I'm, what if I am attacked? What if I'm ridiculed? And I think it's human nature to want to protect ourselves, mm-hmm. very much so protect ourselves. But at the same exact time, there's that there's like that flip side. If I do share something with you and you had no idea about it, and you're like, oh my God, Kajal, you have no idea by you just sharing that with me, how much that makes me feel relieved because I've experienced that too, or that I feel less alone now. Do you now, do you now, do you see how there's an, there was an opportunity for us to connect in a deeper way? So I, I really believe it's like, it's like one of those things that has a high expression and a low expression of it. The low expression is wanting to protect ourselves and wanting to be safe and the high expression is this ability to create a sense of authentic genuine connection with another human being and it's it's kind of like where where are you operating from which place are you operating from and i think it's also coming down to 
who the other person is that you're speaking to. Do I feel safe with this person? And oftentimes you'll notice this, but I cannot tell you a single time that someone has been vulnerable with, with you that you have ridiculed them. Instead, you're like inspired by them. Yeah, but then there's also just a risk, right? Because I'm sure, like, I I know I have felt ridiculed is a bit of a strong word, but I, you know, I know I know I have felt attacked in some way when I've been vulnerable, and of course that creates a pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think it I think it does happen where people experience the shadow side um when actually all they're wanting to do is is sort of connect and open up Mm -hmm. and I think that's where um I mentioned in the main conversation this idea of a vulnerability hangover it was Mm -hmm. a friend of mine a few years ago I did something I was feeling a bit vulnerable about it it was it was I shared something with someone um, and she was we were just messaging about it. She was like, oh, this is you know, you're having a vulnerability hangover like mm-hmm. you're you're changing your patterns and and you don't yet know what response you're going to get from that other person. Mm-hmm. And it's such a great phrase. I've used it with clients since um, to just sort of help them understand and that that sort of 20%, you know, before you take the action, is does it feel within a 20% stretch? Because if it if it does, then actually, you know, a vulnerability hangover, that's that's okay. That you, you know, you're within your 20% of within your comfort zone, that this mm-hmm. that this feels okay. Um, but I think what's really difficult is that many people have and do experience that it is not safe. And that mm-hmm. then just constantly reinforces the the pattern that it's that you know that it's not okay to to share deeply to connect yeah. Yeah. Um, get vulnerable. <laughs> well, so something that's coming up for me, I just want to share maybe my process with it because I haven't always been this like I'm gonna put myself out there, put my business out there, put what I'm doing out there. I think the thing that's really helped me is creating safety within myself first. I'm talking about real safety, not a um, curated or a artificial fabricated sense of safety, but real safety within my own nervous system first. And that means, do I love me? Do I accept me? It's just down to those two fundamental things. Do I accept me? Do I love me? Do I like me? So when I come to this place of real safety, where I feel safe with myself, I know that I'm not my own harsh critic anymore, that I'm no longer judging my actions and behaviors and expression anymore. I'm, I I feel safe to be myself with myself, knowing that there is no condition or there is some type of way I need to be. Then when I have been vulnerable, I don't feel this sense of, Oh, like, oh, how is this going to, how is this going to go? I just feel like I'm good with me. So even if you come to me and you ridicule me or you attack me for something I just shared, that doesn't affect me anymore because I have my safety. I'm safe right now. And I created that safety within myself first. And that is something that I realized, I'm just realizing now was the shift that allowed me to just kind of be like, I I share openly because there's nothing I need to protect myself from. 
because I have safety that I need, which is coming from myself. Yeah, but they're deep questions. And I and I agree with you. And I have also done that work. And I, so I completely relate to what you're saying, just sort of bringing this whole com- conversation back to the context of leadership and, and businesses and workplaces. That's it's. You know, those questions, do you love yourself? Do I love myself? Do you accept yourself? Do I accept yourself? They are deep questions that I think many people would feel are just not appropriate for Mm -hmm. a workplace. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, they would be really, really triggering questions and could you know, cause some people to just sort of completely shut off, some people to cry, some people might get angry. I think there's such depth to that question and that, um, you know, the the need to get to that place is very real. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The need for us all to just sit with those questions day in day out for as long as it takes (laughs) to work through whatever comes up and get to that place where we all truly truly love and accept ourselves Mm -hmm. without question is what is needed in the world Mm -hmm. but we're kind of we're a little bit of an ocean away from that aren't we yeah and I think it really comes down to I mean like thing is I love to get deep with things (laughs) Yeah, well, me too. <laughs> this, this is why I knew we'd have such a great conversation. I, I think it's so much easier. It's so much easier to make safety someone else's job. It is so much easier to make loving ourselves someone else's job. It's so much easier to get, get approval, acceptance, love, admiration from someone else. It's it feels easier for us. If I just do XYZ thing, be XYZ way, get XYZ promotion job, I'll be loved, accepted, and approved of it. I'll just outsource it. <laughs> it's so much easier to outsource it because that prevent then we don't have to look at our own pain. Then we don't have to look at our own shadow. We don't have to look at our own self and be like, hmm, what's really going on here? And you don't have to do this alone. Like, this is why you have people you can go work with and create these safe containers with people who will walk you through this process. But when you do that, there'll be a part of you that will be liberated and you will no longer need to outsource these things. And it will take some time, but it's, it's the, the, the reward is a lifetime of complete self embodiment. And I think in the workplace, I always like to tell people this. Everything in your life is a reflection of your inner state. You're the boss that you have, the relationship that you're in, the nagging person in your life is all reflecting back to you what's going on within you. So we think if we just fix it, I won't be feeling this way anymore. But it's really you. It's really you. And I think that's where the level of self-responsibility comes into. And that's why vulnerability actually is a gateway to getting to know ourselves in truth because if I just like to like maybe just sit and ask yourself this question if I were to say this thing about myself to this person 
why, why am I so afraid of being exposed? Why am I so afraid of this person knowing this about me? Like, what is really going on? Am I afraid of rejection? Am I afraid that I won't be loved? Am I afraid that they'll see me as unintelligent or that I'm not capable of my work? What is really going on? I think when we get to the nuance of what's really going on, then we can understand how to break that pattern versus kind of put a Band-Aid on it and just stay very like. Yeah, I think, um, I think <laughs> like everything that you've just said, I know to be 100% true, right? Mm -hmm. You know, about the, the, the inner reflection of what's going on. But even for all of the years that I've known that it's really been true and I've sh been shown that it's been true and I've worked through things and got to better places with different things, it's still a challenging reality yeah. <laughs> of being human. Oh, yes. And coupled with what you said just before that around kind of just feeling this is sort of my interpretation of what you said like feeling the pain mm -hmm. feeling the feelings that are there in order to to work through it and that's that's the ultimate path out of vulnerability right like what you said in the main conversation about this the safety that you create for yourself means that actually there is no vulnerability in really anything that happens mm -hmm. I mean I'm sure maybe in a, in a future time of growth something will happen that does make you feel vulnerable and that's because there's more growth mm -hmm. and expansion for you to do um but I don't know what I'm saying. I think I'm just saying it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. 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 To, I, I have um, a sort of a huge kind of connection in my mind with what we've all just been through and are still going through to a certain extent with the pandemic and how that really forced everyone to really slow down. Mm -hmm. And I kind of think that that's, you know, that's... Um, a real indicator and a real opportunity for us, even if you live in a place where you've got no more pandemic restrictions anymore or whatever, to just hold that, that lesson of, because we all had to slow down and we really had little choice, but to be with ourselves. Yes. 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 I always say it was the best thing that happened to people because it forced them to go inward. If you actually took that opportunity. If you, that's the thing. If you took that opportunity. Okay. I know that I, uh, there's no way that I could sort of, oh no, maybe I could like come up with, okay, what are your top tips <laughs> to <help laughs> people to be with themselves when it's actually, when, when it feels hard, when it feels upsetting, difficult, uncomfortable, what what do you do when so, you're in a place that it that just that feels tough so I like to always say is like recognize that you're already in pain you're already in pain this pattern this wound this thing that you have gone through in your life 
has already put you in this state of survival. It has already dysregulated your nervous system and you're operating from that place. You have been for many, many years. You're already in the pain. You've just gotten very good at masking it, denying it, avoiding it. But at the core fundamental level, you're you're already in the pain. So by actually looking at the pain is not going to make it worse. It's actually going to make it better. So, and that's like, and I think the other issue is that a lot of us don't want to change what's familiar, what's known, what's comfortable. We, we become comfortable with our suffering. We become comfortable with our pain. It's like, it's like we're like become addicted to it. And, and it's like, and then we have this, this, this painted idea that if I look at, if I feel this feeling of inadequacy that's been sitting in my system, I'm going to, I'm going to somehow bring on the pain without realizing that I've already been in pain for 10 years. So it's not something you're unfamiliar with. You're actually very familiar with it. Everyone knows where it's sitting in their body if they just stop for a moment. And you're like, oh wait, I've actually been in pain for all my, all, all of these years. How It can't get worse. I already know what this feels like. I think seeing it in that way will help us realize like it actually can't get worse. If I just sit with it and I let it be what it is, which is just a disruption in my system that's happened because of X, Y, Z thing. And you'll notice that our bodies are intelligent and smart. A memory will come up. Oh, I got this memory of myself in the fourth grade. I'll tell you a story right now. I remember when I was in the fourth grade, I had to do an invention and I had to make this like invent something and I decided to make this robotic arm that would go around and pick up toys and put it in a basket okay and I had no like resources to somehow put that together so I took a little plastic takeout box and I covered it with this ugly brown wrapping paper and I took a uh, a piece of cardboard and cut out a little arm and stuck it in there and I put and I went to school the next day and this is the fourth grade I put it on my desk and my desk said my name on it. And we all kind of were in on like in the back wall and everybody's invention was on their desk. And the girl next to me, Catherine, had sunglasses with windshield wipers on them. <laughs> and then even water was coming down. So that it would wipe the sunglasses out, clean them. And I was mortified at how stupid and silly my invention was and how stupid and silly it looked. Like I felt so much shame in my body, even as a 10 year old. And from that memory, what I learned about myself, what, in, what, in, what I internalized is I'm not smart and I'm not good enough. And so when I sat with myself many years later and looked at this pain of why the hell do I constantly feel like I'm not good enough? Like no matter what I do, I'm just not good enough. That was the memory that popped up. And do you see how painful that must have been for a 10-year-old to go through that, right? And But what happened was when I sat with the pain, and that pain was always precursoring me to be like, there's something here you need to look at, Kajal. Do you want me to turn into a disease that's going to, like, attack your, I don't know, your heart one day? Or do you need, or do you want to look at it now so we don't get to that level? Right. I was like, okay, we'll look at it now. And that memory popped up. And I, for the first time in my life, I had the ability to practice compassion with myself to say out loud, I have suffered. 
I have gone through something that was so traumatizing to me. And just by the sheer like act of doing that, I felt myself soften. I felt myself be like, I just needed to be heard and seen and validated for what I experienced that day. Yeah, but let's let's talk about because you said this a lot, um, like be with the pain. Mm-hmm. And we're not taught as to be with anything. To be with the pain. Yeah, love to be with anything, let alone yeah. pain. So that's an aspect, and I and I, I lo- I love your story, and I love the the um, example of the sort of the the story of it and the reality of it. But sitting <laughs> sitting with pain is not something that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. On a on a real personal level, I have to take time to sit with my pain. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do because it really hurts me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I don't, yeah. and the ways that I've, that, you know, I used to do that in a very unconscious way. Mm-hmm. So it would kind of build up and then just kind of come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now. I am able to do it considerably more consciously mm-hmm. and the sort of the the techniques if you like that I use I think I think the biggest thing is choosing to do it mm-hmm. which even for me I don't like to do sometimes <laughs> even after I don't know 15 years of practicing this I still I don't know I think I I think I'm pretty much at the place where I've accepted Mm. That, there, that there will be pain mm. in in you know in a life journey I don't mean that in a really dark way but mm. just from the perspective of yeah there will be things for me to continually process mm. and actually I can accept that now mm. and that that's a quite a new place um to yeah. be but in 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 terms of what I do I do things like journaling like either either just good old-fashioned pen and paper sometimes works but I actually love just typing it out Mm -hmm. as well and just I just start with what wherever I start I don't know and I just write and write and write and write sometimes it's so repetitive but generally what happens is that I just sort of break through something in in writing in that way Mm -hmm. (laughs) crying is another one yeah. <laughs> I do like I need to cry on a fairly regular basis it's one of the ways that I that I process mm-hmm. stuff and I, don't, I don't want to kind of give the perspective that my life is so awful I just you know and it's not daily or anything but it's just yeah crying is is one of the ways that I sit with that pain yeah Talking is another really, really key one on the phone to a friend and just and just talking it out in a very real way. Mm-hmm. Um, I could probably list a few more, but what's what's your experience of that? Because I can imagine like like me, you you didn't grow up being taught how to sit with your pain. You had to learn how to do that. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you do it? I think what I've learned from doing this now is that we have to stop making pain be wrong. Yes. 
And I think that's the yes. that's the reframe that needs to happen. Yes. We associate pain as being something wrong. Yeah. Physical pain, emotional pain, whatever. It's not wrong. It's normal. It's just I now I know it's our body's way, our soul's way of letting us know, hey, there's something that is in not in harmony in your system. Yeah. And I would add to that, it's also part of being a human being. That we don't live in this perfect bubble where everything's okay. There is light, there is dark, you know, there is there is shade, there is good, there is bad. You know, and so so if we're gonna navigate life in a really full way, you have to accept both. Yeah. You don't have one without the other. No, and you have to also accept that to be human is to experience these this like this extreme shades of emotions that is what being human is we are without emotion we don't we're not human and I think I I have it has taken me time to find beauty in the sadness but there is beauty in the sadness to think that I can feel this is it blows my mind like I can feel this level of sadness but I can at the same exact time feel complete joy like what is going on here? What what am I? Like what is this whole what is this whole thing that I am? And don't you find or or, or have you found that the better that you have got at feeling the you know darker <laughs> you know the 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 more painful side of that, like the sort of the the richer and yes. it's, it's like the you know the flip side Ev- everything it's like you get in a, in a higher definition yes. not in this like woo like life's so amazing but just in a very in a very calm way the yes. feelings of real contentment yes or joy or love yes and and those you know those equivalent feelings of sadness they kind they kind of just feel richer. Yes, yes. There's a potency to them that the human mind cannot put into words. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing that's been really something I've learned now on the other side is to be with your pain without judgment. Because I think oftentimes we are, we are with it because we think it's wrong or we're with it with judgment. And I think when we can just be with it, it's kind of like... I always like to, I always like, I get reminded of sitting with a five-year-old who's telling you that they're hurt because they don't feel loved or that somebody said something really mean to them on the playground at school that day. And you're just sitting with them without judgment, without making it wrong. I feel like that's what, that's what we're doing with ourselves. And for me, just, just these simple shifts in perspective have made me understand that pain is not bad. Pain is actually alchemy. It's like, it's, it's like, it's for me, it's like fertilizer. It's doing something to my system that's going to allow me to have a richer, deeper, more meaningful, more creative, even experience of life. Often, not not often, like hundred percent of the time it's made my life better. It's given me the ability to be more creative, to be more loving, to be more, um joyful to 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 pursue something I wouldn't have pursued before 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's made me more ambitious or more driven or more empowered or whatever. And for me, it's it's a matter of just allowing myself the space to be with it. And this is where I like to bring in like the witness perspective, what Eastern teachings teach you was just be with something without getting caught up in the storm. Yeah, which is also easier said than done. And (laughs) this is all a practice, but this is something we can all train ourselves to do. I like to just sit with it and be with it as like the little child with with the adult who's just sitting, listening to her talk about what happened on the playground that day and when I notice I'm just doing that there's it becomes like this dialogue that I go into versus this enmeshment I'm not enmeshed with it I am aware of it Mm. and just that shift in the way I relate changes how that pain moves through my system and oftentimes I will tell you your pain has a message for you it is trying to tell you something And if you just listen, it'll tell you, oh, I just don't feel good enough. Or I need, I need love. I need you to love me. Like, and it's asking you to love yourself. Mm. This really reminds me of the first time that I ever felt that I really cracked the idea of mindfulness and meditation. And I'd been, I'd, I'd tried to do like some mindfulness practices in the past. I always ended up feeling really horrible afterwards. Didn't like it. Anyway, I read a book by Ruby Wax called Same New World. Mm. And I was actually on a plane. I was coming back from Portugal back to the UK. And I was on the plane and there was something in how she explained like the the process of mindfulness and I felt myself just kind of literally like sort of fly I literally kind of elevated above me and above the situation that I was in just sort of like just mentally and visually I'm not saying that I kind of levitated or anything but um you know I just I I just sort of mentally and visually got this sort of distance from the fact that I was sat on the plane and there was this noise here and there was this going here and there was so many people around me and it was just but I was just like observing it and it was such a beautiful moment of like oh uh okay like this is what people talk about when they talk about like non-attachment and or or you know a practice of meditation the ability to kind of just step back Mm -hmm. mentally emotionally visually intellectually from the situation and just kind of observe it and just watch it all play it out again I think it's it's kind of easier said than done to do on an ongoing basis mm-hmm. um but but for sure I feel like I'm gonna kind of like wrap up the conversation a little bit for for me the most beautiful takeaway and the most powerful message of this part of our conversation has been the need to kind of change the narrative about pain and the need to move towards a place where actually you don't, you can't have good without bad. You can't have love without fear. And the more that you, the more that you can accept them both, 
you know, that both um, polar opposites, the, the, mm-hmm. the polarities of each thing, the more you can accept those, the less harmful they can be and the more integrated yes. the two are. So then they're, they're no longer fighting against each other and they both just have space to be. Yeah, that, yeah. That's yeah. what I loved about it. I got the imagery of, you know, we're talking about our whole selves. The whole self is integrated, an integrated self. It's not just your best self. And that's why I don't like to say my best version of myself because that's not integrated. <laughs> the best version of you is integrated with the dark and the light. Yeah. That's whole, right? Yes. And so I, I love I love I love looking at it that way. And the other thing that came up is like your pain is the gateway to wisdom. And you are here to become wise. Hundred percent. You are here to become wise. And yeah. go listen to someone who you think is wise. Yeah. Have them tell and ask them to tell you stories of their life. Ask them about their pain. Yeah. And they'll tell you. And they'll tell you that's that's how they got wise. And this is what I this is why I feel like is shifting in the world. We're looking for people who have authentic wisdom versus wisdom that we read in the textbook. And you can tell the difference between when someone has integrated wisdom versus a conceptual knowing of wisdom. Yeah. Those are the real deal teachers out there. I'm, I'm now imagining, um, like an interview process. You know, if you're, you know, next time you're going for a job, and imagine sort of going in there, and the employer saying to you, "Okay, tell us about your pain." Yeah, <laughs> and, and what that tells you. Maybe we should start a new podcast series where that's the that's the we just interview everyone. Tell us about your pain. <laughs> Yeah, and normalizing it, normalizing it, that it's part of the human experience. Yes. Oh, I had a great experience last week. I was, um, it was part of the Greater Than Jamboree, which is like a a sort of a global collective of um, people that do the kind of work that that I do. Um, And we had a, a gathering, it was online. And the question was, what are you not saying? and that was beautiful and every everyone just had just one at a time just everyone had the opportunity I ended up in tears like like I could have absolutely pulled my eyes out and it was the first time ever in my life that I'd cried over climate change it was the, the thing that I wasn't saying that week was my concerns around what we're doing the planet and I and I cried and I've I've been you know aware of environmental issues and and concerned about climate change for a a long 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 time I've never cried about it and it was it was that question what are you not saying that just I, I don't think I would have been able to access that without that question that's a really powerful question Really? Um, it reminds me of a question I have in my when I do my client intakes when I sign a new client on I have them fill out a form just just so I know a bit more about them and one of the questions I have in there is what do you not want me to know about you <sighs> um you know because it's going to get deep and you need to know yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the things that come through in those in that answer yeah and I'm like, 
And I oftentimes like the things that you tell me, you've never told anybody else, have you? No, I haven't. And I'm like, this, this is where the healing is happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just great what happens when we actually get comfortable with our pain. And you know what, bringing it back to a, a, a working environment, I think these are the questions that just open up the spaces for this. Yes. And that's like, that's the core thing for me is like, yes, you, you have to be able to, you have to know yourself and be committed to a continuing journey of knowing yourself. Um, But then you also just have to open this, open the space. Yes. Not try and control or or create certainty or create a defined outcome of something which is what we're so used to in that environment yeah I think that I think what really needs to happen in the workplace I'm realizing is we just need to ask different questions ask different questions ask different questions yeah of ourselves Mm -hmm. and of each other Mm -hmm. yeah um Kajal, I'm going to wrap up part two of our beautiful, enriching, expansive, engaging, slightly vulnerable, inducing. (laughs) 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 Um, And just say again, just a huge thank you for your time. Such a pleasure to just see your face and and connect with you and chat with you. and uh and yeah i hope you have a really really lovely day yeah likewise this is a lovely conversation mm-hmm.